for like all of my 30s, I kind of lived in this conflict of I'm a mom and I love my kids and I don't like drinking, but I freaking drink all the time. And it was just this constant conflict for a decade, which is like crazy to me. It was a decade of me like, I can't, I won't, I'm gonna, I don't, I don't care, I'm fine, you know? And it just was this, again, another crazy cycle that I didn't know how to, I, I never got the right support to break out of. Hello, and welcome to the Healing and Dealing Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Healing and Dealing podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce Becca. We've been trying to make this happen for... I mean, a couple months now, and I'm so happy that you're here and we get to talk all things alcohol-free. Becca is a mindset coach and creator of Be Magnificent AF, alcohol-free lifestyle design coaching for professional women. Becca was the fun, optimistic, somewhat crazy, rebellious girl who was always ready for a drink. In her 30s, after having children, Becca realized that drinking was no longer serving her. She would try to quit drinking for almost a decade and found it challenging and failed time and time again. She would doubt herself, be angry, and went through a few depressions. When not drinking, she would focus on the bad thoughts and lived in negativity. At the age of 37, she moved and had a significant breakdown. To solve, she did what other successful people did, and she hired a high-level results coach. Through coaching, she transformed how she saw herself, her habits, and ultimately designed an alcohol-free life that she loved, which included rebuilding her marriage and her family. After being alcohol-free for two years, Becca started her own coaching business to help professional women do the same. In August of 2023, they celebrated one year of Be Magnificent AF Mastermind program. Because the program is so successful, Becca's goal is to grow the program to help 100 more women learn to love their life and be alcohol-free. Wow, so amazing. Yay, thank you. I brought tears to my eyes listening to you read that back. So thank you for for reading that. And thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. It's, I mean, this is exactly what this podcast is for, is is hearing about these, you know, huge transformations in people's lives and and knowing about those dark times and understanding that like we can break out of it. We can make change. We can change who we are to be happy with the person that we are today and how we show up. So it's just so great to have, you know, real personable, relatable examples to offer to everyone. So thank you for being here. You've you've already accomplished so much. I can't wait to to dive into your story and and we have so much to relate on, which I know is gonna relate to the listeners as well. So let's get started. Awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So just tell us about, you know, how it started, like what was your drinking career like, I guess I would say from like, when's the first time you drank? I'm curious about that too. And like, what was that pattern like until you really hit that wall? Yeah. So I first drank at 14 years old. 
And I went to a party and all my friends were drinking at the time. It was kind of the thing, I think. So maybe between eighth and ninth grade, you know, going from middle school to high school. And I drank and I felt like I connected with everyone. And I'm from a small town in South Dakota. So that was a big part of the culture. Like I was never an athlete. I didn't have money. Like we were Mm -hmm. kind of more in that poverty culture. I had a lot of trauma as a young child and I never really felt like I belonged. And then I drank and I felt like, oh, I belong. I can be free. Right. And so from that first time I was kind of all in on, on that that social circle and um, hanging out and drinking with my friends. And so it was a way to really give me significance and make me important is really how I, how I looked at drinking. Yeah. I totally relate with that. I was right around the same age, about 13. And it was basically all for the same reasons. It was like, okay, this I'm included. I'm fun. This is like, this is where I belong. And it was with alcohol. So I totally relate with that. So what happened like after high school and, and how, how did it turn out for you then? Yeah. So I drank, you know, on and off through high school, especially like my junior and senior year, it became a big part of who I was. And then I graduated high school and wanted to move as far away from home as possible. Right. So I kind of always, I think it's important to understand, like, I always had this high level of rejection of myself, right? Like. I never believed I was enough. I was always like super social. And then because I started drinking at such an early age, I like started repressing a lot of things in my life. And so I kind of rejected my family. I rejected myself and just wanted to get as far away from home as possible and start my own life. And so that's where I went to college about six hours away. And when I was in college, I started drinking again. <laughs> and so I had, we lived on in, on campus and in an apartment and that was just our lifestyle. And so my first year of college, I gained, like, I call it, they call it the freshman 15. <laughs> I call it the freshman 50, but I gained a lot of weight. And through that, I just became more like, I skipped class, mm. gained a lot of weight, just again, like, a lot of identity crisis, right? Like not knowing who I was and who I wanted to be. So long story short, I ended up dropping out of college so I could party and, you know, be me. Mm -hmm. And I I worked at Walmart and in about a year after working there, working at Walmart and realizing like, Hey, this is not where I want to go. So I went, I went back to school through that process. I actually gotten like my first really serious relationship And in that relationship, we drank a lot and it was super toxic, super unhealthy. And we dated for most of my college career, but it was, it was a really unhealthy. He was also addicted to Adderall. He had prescription Mm -hmm. Adderall. So he like abused uh, Adderall and then drank. And so I lived in this, like, I could be a really good student, but then I, at night I would party and drink. And then I was in this really toxic relationship. And so, you know, at one point, you know, Someone from college was like, hey, Becca, we, you should be on run for like student body president or vice president with me. They asked me to be vice president. And I'm like, no, I would never do that. I don't think so. And he's like, you're literally like the most popular girl in college. Wow. And like, I never understood that identity about myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would have friends and people would be like, you're so kind. You're so outgoing. You're so loving. You're so 
mm-hmm. popular. Like people love you. And I never knew it. Yeah. Right. I couldn't see it about myself because I was so in this like world when I would be home, yeah. like my thoughts and was drinking and was in this like really negative cycle with mm-hmm. my boyfriend too. And so it was just really interesting because I didn't know, like to the outside world, I was like this happy, fun, loving, kind person. And then on the inside, I just had self-doubt. I had shame. I was in these, these negative cycles. So finally, thank God, the guy I was dating, I finally broke up, right? We would like get together, break up, get together, break up. Cause we mm-hmm. were just in this toxicity. So my senior year of college, I ended up meeting my husband who is still my husband now. And, uh, we, this was almost like 20 years ago, which is awesome. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so we started that, that relationship. And again, it was drinking, going, you know, out to the, cl- uh, not clubs, but like to the bars, sitting at home drinking. And so it was just such a like college culture, right? Mm-hmm. It was like what you did to hang out, what you did to um, spend time. I was a bartender. So that's where we met. I was at the bar. So it was just like, alcohol was such a part of my identity of how I socialized. And then it becoming a bartender, I was so popular, right? Everyone wanted to know me and get a free beer and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so it was just a series of alcohol, even though it was like toxic and created a lot of volatility, like my needs were met through it because I was important and I uh, was seen and it was how I connected with, with my spouse or you know, my boyfriend at the time. So, I mean, I literally up until, you know, my mid thirties, I drank habitually. I mean, I would stop at times, but for the most part, it was just wrapped in and who I was. And part of that though, created a lot of volatility in how I felt about myself, which really stemmed from my childhood, having a traumatic childhood and never healing because just right away, I just started drinking and yeah. and that path continued for many years. It's so interesting how the the more we try to run from it or fight it, it's still there. It still follows you. It's still like, hey, your trauma is like on your shoulder and waiting for you to heal me. Like whenever you're ready and you're like, just try to ignore it. But it, it's going to it's going to come at some point where I feel like everyone comes to a point in their life where it's like, okay, I need to do something about this. Hopefully everyone comes to that point. And you really tried to like, not obviously not fix anything, but just work on it and, and actually like heal the things that you need to. So you're, so you can get out of those cycles, you know, cause it sounds Hopefully. like you had those things from a very young age. And it was like, you just kind of went through life on autopilot and drinking was a part of your life. And and it, like you said, it checked off the boxes for you in so many different areas. That's why you probably clung on, clung on to it so tightly, you know? And then once you kind of see it for what it is, it's like, what else can I check those boxes with besides alcohol, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think my teens, I was thinking I was having fun, even though when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. But I think teenagers, you're just awkward and yeah. insecure anyways, for the most part. And in my 20s, I actually, even though I had a lot of volatility and a lot of negativity that came from drinking, like I thought I was having fun, Uh right? I, in my mind, like that yo-yo feeling, like I just thought it was fun and I didn't know it wasn't that there could be a better way. And I didn't really care because I believed my lifestyle was amazing and I was living my life, right? So it was like, I was having fun. 
and we moved to Colorado and like all the breweries were here and it was so much a part of our lifestyle and our identity with my husband and I. And then in my 30s, when I got pregnant, that now looking back, that's when I can realize, okay, this was like the first like big identity conflict I had because then I had to, I had to, mm -hmm. right, go from someone who drank to meet all her needs and have fun to someone who like couldn't drink anymore. Right. And I got, I got depressed when I was pregnant both times, right? I went into a deep depression and postpartum pregnancy and I never understood what it was. You know, the doctor's like, oh, it's like a chemical reaction and, you know, things change. And, and now I know it's because I didn't know who I was without drinking. Right. And I, all I knew how to do was like go to work and drink with my husband. And that's how we had fun. And so it became like, well, who am I if I don't drink? And I, I didn't know because I had never practiced. I had never tried. So I became a depressed person. And then I was afraid because I had so much also, like I've always been a career woman, right? I've always been successful in business. And I was afraid that I could lose my position at my work for having a child. And so I kind of went through this conflicting of like, am I going to lose like all of this career I built? And mm -hmm. then now I'm home and I'm not drinking. And so like that just led both times with both my children into feeling bad. Plus I'd had some miscarriages. So then I was also like, am I going to lose the bait? You know, so it was yeah. like a lot of negativity around pregnancy. And so that was like getting pregnant and having my my children that created so much conflict in my identity but it also like awoken a side mm -hmm. of me of like once i became a mom it was like but i don't think i really want to drink anymore yeah however i didn't know then how to do that and so i from about 30 till 37 38 well actually i quit drinking like right before my 40th birthday so for like all of my 30s I kind of lived in this conflict of I'm a mom and I love my kids and I don't like drinking, but I freaking drink all the time. And it was just this constant conflict for a decade, which is like crazy to me. It was a decade of me like, I can't, I won't, I'm gonna, I don't, I don't care. I'm fine. You know, and it just was this, again, another crazy cycle that I didn't know how to, I, I never got the right support to break out of. Right. How exhausting, like 10 years of that, that cognitive dissonance. Like I went through that probably for about six months, honestly. And it was just like a battle every day inside my head. And it was like, the only way out of it was to just drink. You know what I mean? When you're in that, like, if you're already thinking about it, you're probably going to drink. So like, I would just be like, why am I fighting with myself? I'm just going to drink. And then I don't have to fight anymore. You know, like this, this other side of me that doesn't want to drink, but man, 10 years, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just had so much internal conflict and I think um, it just really stems from, I never, I just honestly didn't know who I was. Yeah. And that's what like, I was to comment on is how freaking crazy it is that once we give up one beverage, how much can change? Like it blows my mind when I think about it, because if everyone just like, if you're sober curious and you quit for, let's say you stop drinking for six months, like what that would do for someone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not one to say like, everyone should quit drinking forever, but I was just so curious what my life would be like if I didn't drink that it kind of like activated something in me. Like, 
And then you're like, wait a second, who am I? What do I like to do? What, like, what do I enjoy in life? And like, you're just learning all these things about yourself that you didn't know before because of a beverage, like a toxic drink. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. To me, that just blows my mind that, that we can let this one thing control our whole entire life. And once we actually like let it go for a little bit, what else can open up for you? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think wonder, like, that's at the mountaintops, you know? <laughs> well, I think that's so powerful. Like what, like breaking down what you just said, but that C word I think is what changed my life going from like feeling judgment and feeling like disappointed and feeling fear to getting curious. Curious. Like as soon as I became curious, as soon as I hired a coach to help me and I started to look at my life differently, right? Because with this whole process, it's like, it's not like I made these huge life changes. Now looking back, it's like, oh my God, I did make a lot of changes when I look at my journey, but it was literally just changing how I looked at my life from like looking at it as like, I'm losing, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, be this person to like getting curious. And and that was my exact conversation. It was like, who could I be if I didn't drink for a month? Who could I be? Right? What could I become? What would this change? What would this shift? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, I need to quit drinking, you know, which was totally my mindset before. And anytime I tried to quit drinking, anytime I like, was done drinking, like I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it because I didn't have any identity outside of that. So I had to really start building my identity. And we talked about this early, Charlotte, where you joined that program and you, they didn't like have you quit drinking right away. You just started getting curious. You started Mm -hmm. questioning, you started noticing, and then you were able to remove alcohol through the process. And that's really what my journey looked like too. And, and it's just so powerful. Like we can just make little, make little shifts mm-hmm. and it, it changes everything. Yeah. I remember some really good journal prompts like that, where it was like, who, like, and who would I be in a month if I didn't, or who do I want to be? Like you kind of visualize the the person that you see who is like alcohol free and like your, your highest self and like living for your purpose. And every time I would do that, it would build that identity more and more. So you're, you're totally spot on there because it helps you like create this other version that you know, you want and you can see and you can feel her, but like the alcohol is just keeping you playing so small and holding you back. So once you can like see and like imagine that other version of yourself, it's easier to be like, okay, I really want to drink, but this also sounds really good. And like, I kind of want to see what that's like, you know? So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And the writing yeah. always helped me like journaling it and, and really trying to vision what my life would be like without it or what type of person do I want to be? You know what I mean? Like health wise, fit wise, like we have all these, you know, health and wellness coaches that still drink, you know what I mean? So it's like, how do you want to show up in your life? You know what I mean? So yeah, I love that. Is that, well, uh, go ahead. Well, I, I I think something is really important here that you brought up about journaling, right? Because journaling can really help us like release our subconscious. And I so I've always been a journaler. Like my great aunt Dodie gave me a journal when I was like ten years old, and I look through my journal and probably from when I was ten until probably about when I started coaching at maybe thirty seven, maybe a little bit before that. My journals are so freaking mean, depressing, sad, right? Like 
And I had gone to this journaling class and these people were like using journaling as this tool to like create this higher version self, this higher thing. And I never understood that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have just journaled to as a release to like let all of this darkness yeah. because I had so much darkness in here, right? Like so much, so much shadow work that I had to do. So I was doing it and it helped me, right? It would help me to like, because writing is thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're essentially like going through our thoughts. Yeah. However, what what the the pivot was, was to shift from just going through all this darkness and just constantly like my life sucks. My life is horrible, blah, 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 blah. To when I went to the coaching and the prompts and it was like shifting my focus. Yeah. Right. It was shifting my focus and what I was looking at when I was writing. And that's what we do through my coaching program too. Like, yes, there has to be this degree of letting go. And it's a, it's a very focused way that we let go, right? Mm -hmm. Of our old stories, our limiting beliefs, and, and, and we're able to like walk through it in a way that's really empowering. And yeah. like, it is, it is painful too, right? Like when letting go is hard because at our core, like, the human psychology part, it's really hard to let go of who we think we are. Mm -hmm. And so when like someone like me, who even though I'm like this happy, bubbly, like lover on the outside, like in here, I had so much darkness. And even though I continue to let go of this darkness, I continue to have to go through this process often. Like I, there's this point that I want to hold on to her, yeah. right? Like I don't want to let go of her because that's me. And it's at such a subconscious level. So by having like these structure mm -hmm. into how we release and then the structure of getting curious about who we can be, mm -hmm. I think is so important to the journaling process. And I just wanted to to point yeah. that out because as someone's like, well, I've been journaling for years and I still feel like shit. Well, yeah, that was me too. Yeah. Until I was able to really get the structure yeah, there's there's a science behind how we can lead our mind and there's a science about how we can let go. And that that combination is what really creates that freedom inside. Yeah, exactly. The the subconscious part is huge. I agree. And I love how you said, you know, that that other girl you didn't want to let go of. It was it, it's a safety. It's it's where you've been for so long. It's, you know, your your comfort zone. And so I totally get that and kind of venturing out without her. It's almost like I've learned, I have the same thing. And it's like, you learn to love her and you appreciate her and you thank her for being there in those times that you needed her, but like, you don't need her anymore. Like, right. Like it doesn't serve you anymore, you know? So I'm learning how to like, obviously like I've already forgiven that version of myself. I really have, but I'm still trying to I'm still like a little bothered by her. Like, why did you go down that road? Like what happened? Like, I know, I know what happened, but essentially like deep down, I'm still trying to figure out like, how can I love her like unconditionally and like completely appreciate what she gave me in those moments. So I love that you said that because so much of it is like understanding that we have uh, past versions of ourselves that we do have to love and appreciate. And that's definitely been a process for me, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's, that's such a common thread, right? We've all, we've all had these experiences. We've all been, we've all made choices that we're ashamed of. Mm -hmm. We've all made choices that we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. We've all made major, yeah. major mistakes, but 
they only haunt us if we don't learn the lessons from them, right? They only haunt us if we continue to judge ourselves mm-hmm. for them. And so this judgment piece, judging ourselves and judging others is so interesting because judgment is like what holds us stuck, Yeah, right? It's like, it's what holds us stuck. And that's why doing programs like the mastermind I have, or like the program you're in, or even just like sharing our stories, it's like, Mm -hmm. then we can release some of that judgment because we can be like, oh my gosh, Becca did this or Charlotte did this too. What? I'm not the only one that like blacked out and said something stupid or like got in a fight with my husband while drinking or, or whatever that is. Right. Because prior to coaching, to me joining coaching and even like I was in therapy and I've, I've done all sorts of stuff. Right. And I held so much shame around who I was when I drank and what I did when I drank. And I believed that no one, no one had it as bad as me. No one. Right. And that's common. Mm -hmm. We all think as humans that our problems are the worst. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's not true, right? Yeah. Because all of our problems, we all have the same problems, but we we demonize ourselves because we hold it in shame and we hold this judgment and we think we're like the worst person. No one could be as stupid as us. No one could fuck up as bad as I did. Mm-hmm. And that is just simply not true. Yeah, 100%. That's what was. That's what's so great about a coaching container is because you're just surrounded by people that totally get it understand and then if and then whoever's running it or the coach like like you for instance like you can you have a strategy like you're working it in a way where the, all of them together can kind of relate and then they all rise up and bloom together so that's why i love coaching programs like i i honestly have invested in myself multiple times and i've grown so much each time it's not anything i would ever like regret doing every any coaching program i've ever joined is just like wow that was it either like reframed things for me, it transformed certain parts of who I am, helped me see myself differently or the world differently. So I'm just like so sold on it. Now I'm now I'm just working on my own group coaching container, you know, but not for alcohol. I want to go kind of my first one's going to be for families or, you know, friends of addicts. So mm. kind of leaning in that direction of building a support group for that coaching container. Anyways, that, well, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's, it's so important. And, and this, I just, this is coming up for me. So I want to share because there's a couple things where literally coaching to me is like the, the support or the parent that I, I wished I had, mm. right? It's okay. like someone who loves me unconditionally. Someone that I can tell like my deepest, darkest things that I think are so bad too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's not even like, that's not bad. Like, cause they know so much, they know so much about human psychology and, and how we are. And then they can direct me gently. They can love me and direct me gently in a way to where I just feel so empowered, right? Mm-hmm. I feel so good about myself that I can keep hitting this next level in my life, whatever that is. Like yeah. Goal right now, like my three big goals right now in life. Like these are my big, juicy goals in life right now. One, and this has all come through coaching and meditation and like really doing the work. Like my number one biggest goal right now is to tap into my intuition. I love that. Like to just love my intuition, like know it and believe it and, and be where I can listen to it. Mm-hmm. My second big, juicy goal right now is to love myself. 
to like love myself (laughs) at my core, right? At my core, just to like be unshakable in loving myself. And my third, like big juicy goal right now is to love my family and to love my inner circle. Like just make sure that I'm just like showing them so much love and that they feel the love, like this unconditional love that I've, I've given to them. Right. And like, those are like my three, like huge goals in life right now. And I actually am radiating, like I can feel it from my heart right now as I speak of it. And that's like the power of like having someone who loves me and and is coaching me in this way. It's like, there's no fear. It's like Mm -hmm. breaking through all of that. And when you have your intuition, when you love yourself and when you love everyone, like to this, your inner circle to this, like um, degree, like anything is possible. You don't need to drink. You don't need to like beg to be seen. You start to like break through all these limiting beliefs. You start to like create a life. Like if you have a life that's created out of intuition and love for yourself and others, like can I ask, anything is possible. Can I ask you to break those down? Like I'm very curious, though in- intuition part I'm very familiar with, like I'm familiar with all of them, but I'm just so curious how you do it and how someone listening would be like, I want to follow my intuition. Like, you know, what would you tell them or what types of things are you doing to love yourself. You know what I mean? Like, how are you building that, that goal? What are you doing to work on? All yeah, that's a great question. This is kind of coming. So like, I've just had a really kind of tough few months. I'm just kind of coming out of like some major grief. I hired a coach to really help me to scale my business and like help to reach more people. And I really had a tough time with her. Like it was through the process, I would have some ups, but like, I really like felt really bad about myself through that coaching program. And so it was really like a huge lesson for me because I've always hired coaches that I've like just soared with. Right. And in this case, I actually shut down and I, I, I started to really doubt myself. I started to really think I wasn't good enough. I started to just not believe in myself in a way. And then she was always like, well, I'm doing all this for you. And you're, you know, you're so up and down. And, and, and it was like such a crazy journey for me to where I started to like doubt myself. I started to believe there was something wrong with me because everyone else loved this coach. Everyone else was like having this momentum and, and I wasn't, and I was having a hard time. And so I really hit this kind of like low point. This was just a few weeks ago to where my husband's like, you need to stop with that coach. Like you're done. (laughs) like the data is showing me like you are not getting the help you need from this coach and you need to go back to your old coach you're you're calling your old coach right now and you're going back to her and and it was like the best like kind of tough love I needed in my life because what had happened is I joined this program and right away I knew I didn't want to be in it like I knew my intuition was like I don't want to be in it. And she wouldn't let me leave. Right. She's like, you already did it. Like you need to do it. And like twice I I wanted to get out and she wouldn't let me. And it was the expensive program. Like it was the most I've ever paid for coaching. And, and so I stayed in it, even though on multiple occasions I wanted to quit. And so I kept I did not listen to my intuition in the sense of like, I thought I wanted to join it. I thought the universe was like, And so I did, and then I wanted out, but because I had invested so much money, I kept going and I kept trying and I kept doing this. And so I'd override 
my my who I was mm -hmm. and, and be a part. And it was really hard for me. But then I would like, okay, I can, I get it. I'm having a breakthrough, right? But like because of the style of coaching, this person was like a high D, like very dominant, like in a disc level, if you've ever done that. So and I'm not D at all. Yeah. And so I always felt kind of attacked, right? I always felt kind of like, and when I listened to or coach other people, I just never could, I just, I would shut down. And so long story short, I stayed in the program because I made the investment. And while I did have growth and I learned stuff and I made a lot of changes in my life, it really, I didn't get the progress, right? So like in order to yeah. be happy in our life, we have to have progress. Mm -hmm. I emotionally regressed through the program. Wow. because I felt like there was something wrong with me. She kept telling me I was having ups and downs. She kept telling me I right all of these things. And those were triggering me because my other coaches that I've had, they've never said that stuff to me. They're like, you're not, you're up and down. And, and if you're someone who has struggled with your identity, if you've struggled with self-love and if you've struggled with these things, which I had for many years, to have someone come in and tell me that I was being so up and down, that I was having all these hard things yeah. and I was like, I believed her. Yeah, of course. And, and so it shifted me and and I just started spiraling. I mean, I still like everything was fine, but in my mind, I was regressing. Mm -hmm. And so if I, even though I made the big investment, right? If I would have listened to my intuition, like I could have pushed harder to say, I'm just not going to be in the program. I'm not, but I, I didn't, I didn't listen to myself time and time again, three different times. I was like, this is not working. This is, you know. And so through it, I regressed. And so that was a way of listening to my intuition that I had, I learned in a, a difficult way. Yeah. Now, everything I do is like, what's the lesson? What can I pull out of it? What did I learn? So I learned about different styles of coaching. I learned about understanding if there's a clash and in coaching and maybe you don't just because someone wants to sign up with your coaching and then it doesn't work. It's okay to let go. Like, I don't need to save everyone. It's not about money. It's about like, exactly. Like, is there rapport, right? Yeah. So I learned about all of this stuff through it, but it took me down a really crazy road to get there. So going back to my intuition, it's like, who am I and what what do I want? Well, I'm love. Mm -hmm. So I want to feel love. And granted, there's always going to be things that, that are going to trigger me. Like the more I slow down and, and garner into my intuition. So what do I need to be intuitive? All right, I'm going to start meditating. Mm -hmm. I've been meditating for a long time, but through all this, I quit meditating because I just got out of my cycle, right? Yep. So I need to meditate more. Through meditation, I have all of these breakthroughs, yeah. right? I have all of these directionally guided on where I need to be because I'm just calming my nervous system. I'm going into a place of like love and peace and I'm making decisions guided from there. I had a friend this week that I just kept thinking about, thinking about, I'm like, I need to contact her. And the next morning I got a call from her and she was in this emergency and she had taken some prescription medication. And anyways, I've been able to help her all weekend, but I was guided by my intuition where it was like, you need to contact her. And so just the little things like that, or like, you know, us trying to connect for all this time and it just didn't work, but now it does work. Right. And like going with that intuition, just because it didn't work in the past, doesn't mean it won't still work. And exactly. I felt free and guided now would be the perfect podcast episode versus yeah. a couple months ago. Right. So going with that intuition that things will be easy. They don't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. And, and also judges, right. What's that? 
following the nudges instead of ignoring them. Absolutely. The voice within mm-hmm. the voice within which I'm so good at quieting or alcohol really quiets yeah. or trauma quiets, drama quiets, right? So it's about quieting exactly. through exercise, journaling. I do a lot of journaling. So it's, it's that ritual of like everyone's intuition is unique, mm-hmm. but what is that ritual that helps you yeah. to quiet down, to listen to your voice more, and then to follow through with that, yes, that voice. I love that. And then what types of things are you doing to like build that love within yourself? So it's, it's very similar, but even just little things like, you know, like I had this big change in my life and where I I've been wanting a really nice office for a couple of years now, and I have one now. And so just investing in like a really pretty color on the wall and painting and buying myself a scented candle Mm -hmm. and, you know, having essential oils and having the right light and pretty curtains. Right. So just those little things that make me feel in my sense, more feminine, like really going back to my feminine nature of of love and all encompassing working out is so important being active using my body. And I think the big thing, probably the biggest shift when I was kind of going through one of the great things is when you kind of like get life gets crazy and you fall out of your, your self-love or you fall out of your intuition as you get to like, see this dark line of like, this is what I need to do. This is what I don't need to do. But really, I think the number one thing about self-love that I've been incorporating into my life is that I choose what's most important to me. And I, I create that schedule for myself. Mm-hmm. And everything else falls into place. Like everything else can come around at any other meeting, any other session, any other time with other people, but really cultivating like, who am I at my core? Well, I love people. Mm-hmm. I love spending time with people one-on-one. So making sure I'm scheduling that. Yeah. And I, I lo- love to work out and I'll push it out. I won't do it because I'll get so busy. Right. And so making sure I have time for working out. I love my family. So not putting my business or like I also work full time, like in front of my family, like having boundaries of like, this is my working, this is not. And so really by deciding like, this is what I want and this is who I am Mm -hmm. and having everything fall into place, like I'm so much more relaxed and I feel so much better because I'm not trying to please everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm pleasing myself first. And through that space, I have so much more to give. That was amazing advice. I love that so much. Oh, it's because I mean, that's something I definitely need to work on. And I think probably a lot of people like for me, especially is, you know, I work full time also. So I'm curious, you know, do you schedule out your time, you know, for this business that you've created as an alcohol free coach? Like, do you do it on the weekends? Like, does your fan, how does your family react to that? You know, like, how does that look in your house? Well, it's, it's definitely up until now been somewhat challenging, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and so because I am a mom, Mm -hmm. so, and I'm married and I, I work full time and then I run a business and then I also want to do things like working out, blah, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. So right here on this board right here, I have the answer equals build my world and my business around my needs. I love that so much. And, th- and then I have a schedule right there, right? So 
I'm sleeping from 8.30 to 4.30, right? So I'm making sure I'm getting my sleep. And obviously it like doesn't always work like that, but right, it's like any way we direct our mind, our mind's gonna go. So if we go to scarcity and it's not enough and I can't do it and blah, 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 right? So it's like, and then here's my time for exercise. Here's my time for my kids. Here's my time that I'm working on my business. Here's my time that I'm in my corporate world. And then back to my business and then my family time. So it's very simple, very scheduled. It's helping my family to know what to expect because I was all over the place for a while. And then my husband would be like, what, you have a call now? Or (laughs) you you have this now? We're supposed to be doing family time. And, And so, or my kids would be like, what? what are we doing? And I was like taking calls on vacation. And I, you know, I, I just, I was so kind of in scarcity mindset that I have to give all to everyone at any moment. Otherwise I can't be successful. And I was like feeling depleted. And so just by making those shifts and then communicating that to my spouse and communicating it to my kids, it's, it's really, really helpful. And then doing work on the weekends. Yep. But not all day, right? Like, I don't want to work all day. I'll take calls on the weekends because I'm a global business. You know, I have um, clients in Australia. Yeah. Um, and so I I do stuff on the weekend, but it's it's very scheduled. Yeah. And, and having that schedule and protecting who I need to be, that's like at the core is self-love. And it's been a small shift that's really, really been helping me. I... I'm so appreciative that I just learned all of that. Seriously, I feel like you just coached me <laughs> because oh. I'm, like, I'm like, wait, the, this sounds like what I need to do. Like I'm definitely being pushed in the direction to really set some type of schedule up. And I, cause for me, I feel like I'm trying to cram, like today we don't have much, we only have one game, but I feel like I'm trying to cram so much into my days that I, I have to like mentally prepare for the next day. And it's like, I don't want to feel that way. I want to, like you said, I want to have like my most important things, which I still need to figure out. Like I'm still trying to figure out what do I want in my life every day? I know I want to meditate every day. I know I want time with myself so I can be, you know, in touch with my spirit guides and really have that like quieting time. I need that. I know I do. And then I want the family time. I want to work on my business. And then I also have my job too. So we're super similar. And I'm just so grateful that I just heard how you run it because it gives me such a clearer picture of, of what it could look like in like a loving, peaceful way and not like chaotic and, you know, stressful. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yes. And I just want to say, and it's still, there's going to be chaos and still there's going to be stress, right? Because, but it's like knowing then when we're dealing with stress, it comes from a place of already being calm, right? When we come, when we're dealing with chaos, it comes from a place of already being calm versus dealing with chaos when I'm in chaos. Yeah. Like that's way different or dealing with crazy when I'm already feeling crazy, that's way different. And so, and you know, I travel for work too in my corporate job. And so I've got a lot of traveling coming up and I do, I'm a big Tony, I'm a student of Tony Robbins. So I do his events, which are like four day, five day events. You know, I'm doing life mastery coming up and I'm doing UPW. And those are kind of like my refueling and, Mm -hmm. and really hitting, helping me at a spiritual level. And so like that, asks a lot of my family to do these things, right? Like, and so just being really clear, like, okay, in in Tony's world, there's no hours, like, it's crazy. And and so (laughs) it's created, 
a lot of uncertainty, which my family likes certainty. And so just also like coming from a place of understanding, like our families love us, mm -hmm. right? Our, our everyone out here that we've chosen to be in our inner circle, right. like they just, we just have to sometimes like be very calm in what we're asking them for. Yeah. Right. Because when you have a mindset, like I'm going to, I work full time and I'm going to run a business and I'm going to do this. Like there is conflict sometimes and what we're asking. And so I think that's so important to just gently explain to them mm -hmm. the why, the what it's temporary, even though it's happening in three more months and then in another two months. Right. Yeah. It is, it is temporary and it's so fulfilling and it's what I'm doing instead of being drunk. It's what I'm doing instead of being drunk <laughs> and sad and depressed. Like I'm loving my fucking life. Yeah. And this is what my crazy ass life looks like. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I I totally relate with that. I I'm I think I'm just used to living in that type of like craziness, you know, with so many kids and and just like always coordinating, I feel like nonstop. And I do like it. I but I always want to make sure I'm coming from a regulated place, like you said. So, um, yeah, hundred percent. I have one more question for you, which I've actually been curious about since I started being in your group and all of that. You know how, when we're building our businesses, we create like an avatar, like for my podcast, I created this avatar listener. Like, who do I want to listen to my podcast? I picture this woman, you know, she's maybe twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. And like, you really like narrow down. I want to know like, who is someone that would that who is your avatar for your program? Like describe her, like mm -hmm. someone listening. Maybe she's, you know, maybe she does need this help right now with being alcohol free and like knowing, learning what that life is like, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. So my avatar is she's actually between like 35 and 75. Awesome. So I have a wide range. And she knows that there's more to life than drinking, right? And she's kind of in this conflict of where I was, where I don't want to drink, but I keep drinking. And I want to be on this spiritual growth path, yes. right? I want to grow and I want to learn and I just want to expand. And so really like someone who wants to learn, someone who wants to connect with other women and have deep conversations. One of my clients always calls the mastermind. She's like, it's conversations with God. Like that's literally what we're doing is we're having these conversations and, you know, someone who's not afraid to be wooey because we are, we're a little like, we're not normal, right? <laughs> so someone who's not normal, someone yeah. who is okay, not being normal, someone who is okay being different than what normal people do. Right. Because right? we're not drinking. We're mm -hmm. sitting here. We're asking deep questions. We're meditating. We're like using our body. We're grabbing beautiful things from the future and we're dancing and we're like doing what not normal people do right. because we want to live an extraordinary life. Right. And so it's like someone who truly wants to live an extraordinary life, take it to the next level. In so many ways, it's like the woman who is a leader. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've had a lot of professional women in my group because I want women who are ready to lead mm -hmm. to change the life of not only themselves, but their family, like the, the organizations that they're in and really just like a woman who is not afraid to invest yeah. in herself. 
Right. Right. And, and so, so someone, cause I had people come to me and I get this all the time. I can't believe you're charging for this. Mm-mm. There's free stuff out there. I'm like, well then go do your free. Yeah. Right. Like, and, but the women who are in the mastermind, they gladly pay it. And I'm probably not charging enough, honestly, for like the value they get in other programs that are similar to this, but I want to make it at a point where they feel really good about their investment and are just really committed to, to hitting that next level in life in a crazy, fun, spiritually guided way. I love it. I love all of it. It's, I would have been perfect to a year Yes, ago. <laughs> I would have been a perfect candidate to join your group. Um, but I know I have a lot of listeners that are sober curious and they reach out to me and they're like, always, you know, asking questions or, or I'll get the questions where they're like, was it really that bad? Like, you didn't seem like, you know, you were that bad. I'm like, yeah, cause you're good at covering it up. Like you said, like it's all in here, you know, like all the work I had to do was in here, all that shadow work. So I'm just so grateful that there's programs like yours out there because I mean, five years ago, I don't, I, there was nothing, you know, as far as I like, like this, like people who've actually gone through it I, and created something beautiful from that. So other people don't have to go through all that shit and they can like get there faster. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and that's exactly it. Right. So like, that's the whole point of this is like helping to move you forward quicker, faster, where you don't feel alone. And you start to recognize that this stuff in your head is, can be shifted. It's just a thought. Yeah. Right. It's just a thought and it's just a conditioned thought. It's just a habit. Like who you're being drinking. It's just a habit. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. However, you're the only one that can change your life. No one else is going to change your life. And so like, because it's just a habit of thought and because you're the only one who can do the work to change your life, like here's an online program. We do it six months and we do it six months because we want, we're reprogramming. Like, if you think of someone like me, I drank for 25 years. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a lot of reprogramming. And you don't have to be, you know, complete, you don't have to be, I don't like the word sober, but you don't have to be sober to start. However, you have to want to be alcohol free. Yeah. Right. Which is like a freedom from alcohol, not needing alcohol in your everyday life anymore. And um, that's really important. And so I just think it's, it's interesting in the sense of like, like this program that I offer, like it's guaranteed to help you if you do the work, mm-hmm. like you will shift beyond your own beliefs. However, like you have to do the work, you have to show up, no one else is gonna do it for you. And it's crazy that there's, this is not common knowledge. Right. Like like what I offer and, and what I coach, like it's crazy to me. And that's what my clients say. They're like, how did we not learn this? How did we not like understand this about ourselves? And that's like, I, I don't know. I don't know why it's not taught like normally. I think we're starting to evolve. Like you said, like five years ago, we didn't have this. Now we do. But it's it's not like these huge, big changes. It's just small, slight differences in how we look and how we see our life and, and in what we do that like, huge results come from it. Yeah, I completely agree. The, those little changes have been like the the fuel that's really changed my entire life. And I love, like, I just had a great realization. Like I am free from alcohol and it feels so good to say when, when you said like, they have to want to be free from alcohol. 
Like, I don't feel like I'm trapped anymore. It's, I'm just like so happy. I'm so grateful for that, you know? And like, I'm just, I'm free from it. And it doesn't control me. It doesn't even come up in my brain every day. I used to think Yes. about like every 10 minutes, like, oh, I'm going to have a drink tonight or driving home. Can't wait to have a drink when I get home. You know, it's like, I'm so free from all of that brain chatter, all of that space, all of that you know, like decision fatigue, where you're just like, you're so tired of fighting yourself. You're like, screw it. I'm just going to drink. You know, I'm just so grateful that we're both free from that. And now look at us. Yes. Yay. <laughs> And it's easier than you think when it you is. have the right, when you're directing your mind in the right way, right? Yeah. Like, yes, things are hard, but it's like, choose your heart. Do you Yeah. want to continue drinking and feeling like shit? Or do you want to like go through just like a slight shift and process and it may be hard for a while and then it gets better. And then knowing that life is always like, what do the Buddhists say? Life is pain, right? So there's always going to be pain in life. However, you get to choose if you want to suffer and continuing to drink is suffering. Continuing to think the way that we've thought we've been taught to think like who taught you to think right I know where I got taught to think and it unfortunately like wasn't a empowering way of thinking I mean there were moments of empowerment but my default was negativity and all of our brains are wired for negativity right like we're, we're they're trying to protect us and keep us safe Right. so Mm it's just like a a slight understanding is my brain's always going to go to the negative most people's do and I'm going to train it to see what I want it to see. I'm going to train it to see the positive. I'm going to train it to see how much of a badass I am, that I'm three years alcohol free, that I own my own business, that I'm a great mom, that I, you know, X, Y, Z. But if I don't consistently train myself and if I start to listen to the outer world, I feel like shit. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm, Yeah. I just feel bad. So Yeah. it's it's all just like slight shifts and it's just training and the repetition because again, 25 years of drinking versus three years of alcohol free, like I Yep. have to consistently work on it. The work never ends. It's it's lifelong, really. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm still training my brain. I, I'm celebrating you. I'm celebrating me. I'm so proud of both of us. Yeah, High it's five. huge. High five. Yes. Like, I'm so glad that we finally connected. We we are very, very similar. It's crazy. Like so much of what you said, I completely relate to. And I know my listeners will too. And I just thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to meet with me and, and all of my listeners. And I'm going to include all of your stuff in the show notes. But if you want to say it here in case someone wants to look up your Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is, go ahead and put it out there. Yeah, so I am, my name's Becca Walkinshaw, so W-A-L-K-I-N-S-H-A-W. It's easier to say or spell than it um, appears. And so I've got a Facebook page, so you can find me at Becca Walkinshaw on Facebook. And then I have a free group, Be Magnificent AF Women. So it's like alcohol-free women. Start your journey here, so you can find us there. Or you can find me, I have a webpage, I don't, I'm not very active on it, but you can Google me there at bemagnificentaf.com. Yeah, I love your Facebook group, by the way. I love the connection between the women. I love the celebrations. I love that there's still women that are really in the thick of it going through it. You know, it's just it's a great place to be if you're curious about the life of being free from alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for saying that. We, we're, there's about 400 women 
in the group right huge. now. That's huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. Especially I just got like a post from last year, like you know how Facebook does a reminder, uh -huh. and it's like you just started this group, and yes, so it's wow. like it's crazy what you can do in a year, right? It's crazy when you direct your mind from alcohol and suffering to like helping people and serving people, which is part of that spiritual journey, right? and like creating and so yeah we have the 400 and i think this is really important for people to know it's it's a closed group yeah so you have to be accepted in and everything is private in there and so i i love that because it gives that feeling of like we can share at a deeper level without that fear of like someone knowing or finding out yeah and then you go live in the group right Often. Yeah, I go live quite often. So I'm always just sharing tips and tricks of what I'm going through in my life or what my clients are going through or things I'll hear. So always looking to bring you like the best, most fresh insight and information. As you know, I'm continue. I, I mean, I have two different coaches right now. At one point I had three this year, <laughs> I had a mindset. I had my business coach. I have a financial coach. I love coaching, right? It's, it's changed my life. So I continue to invest. And then I continue to invest, like I'll be crewing for Tony Robbins and two weeks for life mastery. So like, and then I'll be doing UPW. So everything that I'm learning, like the best of the best mindset health, right? I bring that into the group and into the mastermind. So great. Yeah. Always evolving, always learning and, and passing it down. I always, one of the, my professors always told me like, you know, those monkeys that you grab the arm and you pull the other one up. Do you have oh, yeah. to play with those, like the little yeah. monkeys? And he's like, yeah, what I'm doing is I'm giving out my arm. I'm lifting you up. You're going to do the next person, the next person. It's like that always stuck in my mind. And that's what I feel like mm. we're doing, you know? So in layman's terms, we're like little monkeys grabbing each other, pulling each other up <laughs> to get that banana. <laughs> totally. And there's not enough of us out there. Yeah. Right. So like if you're listening to this and you're thinking about being a coach or starting a podcast or like anything to help people who who need to be empowered in their life absolutely do it yep. like there are so many people like i just read a in the denver post a couple of weeks ago like alcohol use drug use has gone up it continues to go up more people are suffering poverty is going up like people need our help because we can truly help people to feel empowered in their life and that's what we need we have enough bullshit out there we have enough people telling us we're wrong blah 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 yeah. So like we need more people speaking up, showing what can be done and changing people's lives, period. Amen. Drop mic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for this conversation. Um, and thank you to my beautiful audience for listening. I can't wait to see all of you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one, or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.